So this morning, uh, we are looking at a story from John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, the first half of verse 9. You can find that on the screen uh, beside me, or if you've got it with you, you you can follow along that way as well. Uh, So John 5, 1 through 9, before we read it, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we ask humbly that as we open up your word, as we we hear it, as we think about it, as we enter into another Jesus story, that, that you would open us up, that you would help us to see the things that you'd like us to see, that you would help us to hear the things that you'd like us to hear. Open us up in such a way that that you might somehow heal us, make us whole, put our lives back together, even if it's in just one small way. So be with us now. Amen. So John, chapter 5, 1 through 9, hear these words. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? A pool with like these porches and like people would gather there. Us, we'll get there. Someday we will get there. Hopefully sooner rather than later. So it's surrounded by five covered porches, colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else always goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. We'll go that far. What kind of a story is that? Like really, it's a healing story, right? But it's a different kind of a healing story. Uh, It feels different. It feels odd to me. In fact, when I first read it over and over again, in fact, I was like, what kind of a story is this? It's a healing story, but it's a different kind of a healing story, and we'll get to why it's different, maybe towards the end. Uh, But here's the deal. Usually when I read a story in the Bible, especially if it's about Jesus, I get done with it and I think to myself, man, that is so good. I'll even say it out loud. Like on Sunday mornings, we're all gathered together. I'll read a Jesus story and I'll be like, oh, so good. And some of you make fun of me for doing that. I don't even care. It's just fine, right? It's all good. Because normally they're so good. 
But then, every once in a while, I come across a story and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this one. And this seems to be one of those stories. I just, I don't know if I'm certain what to do with it. So I just want to get that out there right away. Just want to be honest about that. I'm really not sure I know what to do with this story. I read it and I think to myself, man, what is that all about? I'm not so sure I like that story. John, why did you put this story in there? There's probably a whole bunch of other stories that you could have included instead of this one. What are we supposed to learn from it? Like, What are we supposed to think here? How are we supposed to be transformed by this story? I have all sorts of different questions. And speaking of questions, it's the question that Jesus asks. That's the thing that has me so bothered about this story. Do you want to get well? Man, what kind of question is that? Do you want to get well? And normally, normally Jesus asks really good questions. You'll find them all, all around the stories about him in the Bible. He asks all sorts of different questions that that make you think, they make you ponder, they make you wonder. It's almost as if it it opens up something inside of you and it brings you somewhere. It's almost like it's a doorway through which you can walk and you enter into a whole different realm of reality and you're like, oh, I never realized this before. He asks great questions. Questions like this, do you love me? That's a great question. Do I love you, Jesus? Another question, why are you so afraid? Good question, why am I? Why am I so afraid? Another question, why do you have little faith? Do you still not understand? Oh, are you going to leave me too? And maybe my favorite question he asks, how long should I put up with you? (laughs) That's a good question. How long should I put up with you? All good questions. They make you think. They make you wonder. They make you ponder. They open up something inside of you. But this one, do you want to get well? I don't know if I like that question. Because isn't the answer to that question really obvious? Do I want to get well? Do you want to get well? So let's talk about the story. First, let's get the setting. So Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples for a feast of the Jews. We're not sure which feast it was. John doesn't tell us, so it probably doesn't matter. So they're near a pool by the sheep gate, which is the sheep gate pool, and it's surrounded by five covered colonnades. Now, it seems to have been a gathering place for all kinds of different people who who are chronically ill or sick or disabled. John calls them the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, which is probably just the beginning of a long list of all sorts of different things that that people are dealing with. And apparently, rumor or legend or tradition at the time taught that an angel would come at random times and disturb the water, giving it healing properties. And then the first person to jump in the pool after it has been disturbed, well, they would just be healed, just like that. In fact, if you go and maybe you'll find this at the, at the bottom of your, in the footnotes of your Bible, some manuscripts of the Bible have this line included. It says this, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come, would come down and stir up the waters. 
The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease he had. Like, that's really compelling, isn't it? I mean, think about it. If you've got something wrong with you and you've been dealing with it for a really long time and it just won't go away and somebody tells you, hey, sit by this pool and when the waters move, jump in and you'll be cured. That's why they're there. They're waiting for those waters to be disturbed. They're waiting for those waters to move. They're waiting for their chance at healing. They're waiting for their chance at at wholeness. So Jesus arrives at this sort of outdoor makeshift nursing home. And he finds there this guy who's been dealing with this sickness or whatever it is he's dealing with for 38 years. Friends, that is a long time. 38 years. Jesus approaches him with a question. Like there's no introduction here first. There's no, hi, I'm Jesus, what's your name? (laughs) None of that. There's no small talk. There's no chit-chat. There's no sermon. There's no sermon on faith. There's no sermon on belief. It doesn't seem like there is anything remotely spiritual going on here. It doesn't seem like he's being a rabbi or anything like that. He just asks him a question. Do you want to get well? Again, what kind of a question is that? Do you want to get well? I mean, he's been dealing with this condition for 38 years. He's beside a pool that apparently has healing properties necessary to sort of give people their lives back. Of course he wants to get well, right? That's why you're sitting by a pool like that. But now, look at how the guy answers Jesus' question. In fact, He doesn't really answer the question that Jesus asks. He sort of deflects it in a way. He's like, sir, I don't have anyone to carry me and put me into the pool. Besides, when I try to get in, somebody else always just sort of gets in the way. Why doesn't he answer the question? Do you want to get well? Why doesn't he just say, yeah, I want to get well. Why doesn't he answer the question now? I think we've got something interesting to talk about. Why doesn't he answer the question? I have a couple of ideas. Again, I don't know if they're any good. I don't know what to do with this story. I think they're good. First, maybe Jesus, when he looks at this man who's been sick for 38 years and dealing with this condition, maybe he looks at him and sees more than his sickness. Maybe he sees defeat. Maybe he sees resignation. Maybe he sees psychological and spiritual stagnation. Maybe he sees a man who has, who has no hope. A man who's sort of just given up. A man who's given in to, to futility. Maybe that's why he doesn't answer Jesus' question. Do you want to get well? I mean, you've been there, right? You've given in to futility. I know I have. I mean, it's easy to be cynical. It's easy to to look out at the world and all the things that are wrong out there and think to ourselves, the whole thing is sick. It's just the way things are, and why would we ever want to go and fix it? 
Nothing we do works. I mean, we've tried all sorts of things to make things right in the world. We've tried violence. <laughs> that doesn't work. That just escalates things every single time and makes things worse. Like war, it never ends. Once one war, it just changes venues, right? Once one war is done, another one pops up over here. And once that's done, another conflict pops up over here. It's like whack-a-mole on a global scale. It just doesn't work. Crime and corruption, that doesn't go away. Poverty, still around. Like we can do things for a while to make things a little bit better and alleviate some of that poverty, but eventually it just comes back. And what about this one? Once we find a cure for one disease, another one comes along and we're like, what do we do now? It just takes its place. Once an evil leader loses his power, another one pops up, either in that same place or in another place around the world. Like, why do we even try? Are our efforts at all worth it? We give in to futility. It's easy to do that. And we can get there in our own lives as well. In fact, I think we do this all the time. We give in to futility. We know we have some sort of character flaw. You know the one you have, the one, the one you're thinking of right now. We know we have some sort of character flaw, and we try to do things to fix it, but it just won't go away. It just keeps coming back. And we know we have relational flaws. We have relationships that aren't working. They're all messed up, and we try our best to fix them, but they just... They just don't get fixed. We know we've got these annoying habits. Again, you're thinking of it right now. We know we have these annoying habits or, or maybe even deeper things. and could call them addictions and we've tried our best to get over them, to do everything we can. But we just find ourselves in the place where we think to ourselves, man, I'm never going to change. Things are never going to change. I guess... This is just the way I am. Have you ever thought that, said that? We give in. We give up. Maybe you're there right now. And then Jesus shows up with a question. Do you want to get well? We deflect that question with our weak response, and then Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, sometimes when futility takes over, some, somehow, somewhere deep inside us, there remains a, a spark of hope. And I think we can say that with some sense of certainty. There's a, a spark of hope there. Because we're all made in the image of the divine. We're made in the image of God. And so maybe Jesus sensed somewhere deep down in this man that there's still a spark of hope there. And his command to get up pick up his mat and walk, gave this man a, a new vision of possibility, one that he hadn't even considered for years and years and years. 
Maybe it suggested to him that there might be a future out there for him that's different than his past. See, visions of a new future, of healing and wholeness, those can be an alternative to futility, especially if we decide to act on it. At at once, the man was cured. He got up, picked up his mat, and walked. Friends, when's the last time you envisioned a new future for yourself? When's the last time you imagined or envisioned a future of health and wholeness? When's the last time you asked the divine to give that to you? Or maybe, maybe there's someone else in your life who can be the presence of Jesus for you, someone who can envision that future for you and then speak it into your life. Maybe all you have to do is ask. And when you, when you see it, maybe you'll decide to, to live into it and health and wholeness will finally come your way. Maybe you'll get up and you'll start walking. And it might take some time, right? I mean, John doesn't give us any details about how the guy got up and walked, but I imagine after 38 long years, his muscles were seriously atrophied. Like, he had some serious work to do, learning how to walk again. I imagine he stumbled around for some days, weeks, maybe even months, learning how to do it again. So I don't think it's just magic and it happens overnight and you're like, voila, I think it's... I think it's the first steps in a long road to health and wholeness. Have you envisioned that for yourself lately? Have you envisioned a new future? Or can somebody else maybe speak it into your life? And and once you see it, just take a few steps. Maybe you'll get up and walk. So maybe that's what this story is about. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe it's about something else entirely. Why didn't he answer that question? Do you want to get well? Maybe he didn't answer that question because his answer to that question was just too hard a reality to speak out into the world. Maybe he didn't answer that question because he didn't want to get well. Maybe he didn't want to. See, the way Jesus asked this question seems harsh to me. Doesn't it to you? I mean, think about it. Do you even want to get well? I mean, you put some inflection behind that question. You're like, oh man, do you even want to get well? I mean, it seems that Jesus might be insinuating that this guy's ongoing illness or ongoing condition is in some way partially his fault. It seems that Jesus might be insinuating that that this guy is somehow benefiting consciously or unconsciously from his ailment, from his condition. Jesus seems to be insinuating that this guy might somehow, some way be invested in his own brokenness. Do you even want to get well? Ooh. Now that hurts. That stings. 
right there, but maybe there's a hard truth there. Maybe sometimes we don't want to get well because we actually benefit from being sick or being unwell. I mean, it's like when you hold contempt in your heart for somebody or, or actual hatred in your heart. Like, you never say, I hate those people, but in your heart, like it's there, you hold contempt for somebody, hatred in your heart. We know that's not good for us. We know that's like, a, that's like its own form of sickness, right? But, but it's got some benefits, right? Let's just be honest. Can we be really honest about this? It's got some benefits that we actually enjoy. Like, we get to feel better about ourselves. We get to feel like we're up here and they're somehow down here. We get like this good self-esteem boost and we're like, yeah. So there's some benefit there. Recovering alcoholics will tell you that there's some benefits. Yeah, you get to live your life with less responsibility because people sort of back away. And the best part is you get to be inebriated every time life gets hard or every time emotions get too much for you to handle. You sort of get to escape. There's some benefit there. Some of us love to buy stuff. We love to purchase We love to accumulate. We love to consume. We love to acquire. We love it because having the latest and greatest stuff, well, it gives us a good feeling. It makes us feel good about ourselves. It may even raise our status in the community for a little bit, right? And then we get the bill. We get depressed because we realize we actually have to pay for the thing that we just purchased. And then we got to start all over again right? We got to start all over again and buy something else just to boost our mood again. And then we complain about how much debt we're in. And then Jesus shows up in every one of those cases and all sorts of other ones. And he asks us a hard, difficult question, revealing a truth about ourselves that we'd rather not talk about, we'd rather not face. Do you even want to get well? Now, this is hard and tricky and sticky because I don't think Jesus was blaming the victim here. I mean, in the Bible, Jesus never, he never tells a sick person that his or her sickness is their own fault. I mean, certainly there are all sorts of different ways and all sorts of different things that happen to us that are well beyond our control. Like, they just happen. Hello, we're living in the middle of a pandemic. There must have been all sorts of different people who were sick in that way around that pool that day. But, but maybe Jesus sensed something different in this particular guy. That's why he was led to him. I mean, here was a guy who had given up, but he could actually be made well. Maybe, maybe the guy just wasn't taking responsibility for himself. He wasn't taking responsibility for for his own life. Because, listen, this healing story, as I said earlier, this healing story is different than almost all the other healing stories that we find about Jesus in the Bible. John doesn't tell us that Jesus walked up on this dude and was filled with compassion for him. That's not in there. Like Jesus doesn't say, rise, your faith has made you well. Because that wouldn't be true. We don't know if this guy had any sort of faith or a sense of belief at all. 
And maybe what Jesus was saying to him was something like this. Stop waiting for someone to carry you. Stop waiting for people to just get out of your way. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Because you can. Seems like maybe this guy was confronted with a, with a hard and uncomfortable truth. May not have felt good at the time, but, but it eventually set him free. He was healed and... And maybe this story has less to do with this guy's desire to be healed and more to do with God's desire to see him healed. Again, I don't know. One last thought. The stories about Jesus in this book reveal to us that Jesus is always in the business of making things new and people well. It's just who he is. It's like intrinsic to his very being, his very nature. The question, do you want to get well? I think is a question that he'll always ask us. He'll always ask us because his desire is for our wholeness. It's for our freedom. It's for our thriving. It's for our flourishing. He wants to deliver us from our past, from our baggage, from our fear, from from our laziness even. Jesus wants us to want that too. Do you want to get well? Do you? What's your answer to that question? Do you want to get well? What's Jesus want, you think? I'll give you a hint. He wants you to answer that question like this. Yeah. I really, really want to get well. I'm ready for it. Help me. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for this weird, quirky little story that we find in here that, that maybe we don't know what to do with. Thank you, Spirit of God, for, for showing up and doing whatever it is you do when we read stories like this. And we ask, oh God, that that you'd touch us, that you'd move us, that you'd heal us in all of the ways that we need it. Help us, oh God, if we're stuck with this sense of futility that we've, we've given in, give us a vision of the future that can, that can change our present. And God, if there's something we can do, help us to admit that we actually benefit, that people actually treat us differently because well, we're somehow not well and we get stuff from it. Help us to let go of that so that we can live into this new reality and actually step into healing and wholeness with your help. Come be with us, Jesus. We need you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.